Good afternoon, Albuquerque. I am your host, Becca Marie. Welcome to a weekday special edition of Freedom Speak on Albuquerque's Conservative Talk, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. For a couple of years now, our state has been subjected to the unconstitutional whims of an out-of-control, corrupt, drunk-on-power, and other things, not to mention, tyrant in New Mexico. Michelle Lujan Grisham is responsible for the destruction of 40% of our small businesses. She threatened those that defied her orders and weaponized agencies, which included the state police, the Department of Health, OSHA, and even public utility companies. She used these agencies to instill fear in small businesses and coerce them into forcing her unlawful mandates on employees and their customers, ultimately getting small businesses to put themselves out of business. The tiny tyrant even violated the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution by infringing upon the right of assembly and the free exercise of religion. Children have been robbed of an education, social interaction with friends, and forced to cover their faces with a useless mask. Lives have been destroyed, life-saving medical screenings have been denied, fortunes in ruin, and needless lives have been lost. We need to ditch the witch. So with me today, I have gubernatorial candidate Ethel Maharg. She has joined us today, and she's going to talk a little bit about how she plans to make New Mexico great again. Ethel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank, uh, thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I am born and raised in uh, Cuba, New Mexico. To my, uh, my dad was the son of a German-Jewish immigrant, and uh, my grandfather actually, you know, he came over legally, so he got to serve in the Senate. My dad um, was Augustine Eichwald, and he married uh, Carlota Garcia. My, my grandpa married Isabel Cordova. So I am fluent in Spanish because if I wasn't, my grandmother couldn't understand me. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm able to relate. You know, I'm a farm girl, um, so I understand the value of hard work. I've had several small businesses. I run banks. I you know, till the land, you know, ranching, farming with my parents. I'm also, I'm married. I've been married to Dean. We'll be married 38 years. Well, on, congratulations. Thank you, on Friday. And uh, we have three children and six grandchildren. And I always say my favorite title is Nani, because that's what they call me. <laughs> nice. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things in the founding documents that I think is just so good and so many politicians seem to have forgotten this, that mm -hmm. we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you have a lot of concern about uh, things like life and unalienable rights, which means these are rights given to us by God, Absolutely. not by governor, yes. government. So tell us a little bit about your feelings about the right to life. Okay. Well, I'm currently the executive director of Right to Life Committee of New Mexico, and I've been serving the pro-life community for now, it's a, it's a decade now that I'm going on. And I'm very concerned about life. And uh, I know that that pigeonholes me into one uh, area, but I I'd like to actually discuss that. Sure. But, um, you know, life, you know, our, our founding fathers made that statement, and I use that often, and I say, you know, they were endowed to us by our creator, not the government, and they are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and uh, there's a reason that they put them in that order, but be because if you do not have life, the other two are irrelevant, frankly. And so my concern with life is that 
we have destroyed life. And I think that this might be a good segue to say, you know, uh, well, she's a one issue candidate and it's only life. But, you know, Rebecca, life is everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we have seen now in during this, as we call it, the pandemic, that when when people have lost their livelihoods and, or people lost their businesses, you know, many of them actually took their life because it was devastating. It was a devastating blow to them. And so I, when I was, I'm also the former mayor of the village of Cuba, and mm -hmm. I brought economic development to that community. And you'd be surprised what that did to that community. It brought life to that community. Why do people chase a job from one state to another if it isn't for their lives, for the livelihood, for the lives of their children? You know, education is life. It's life for our kids. You know, we fight for life. I fight for life, frankly, from conception to natural death. And a lot of people think, oh, she's just for, you know, fighting for abortion and then assisted suicide now that we have that on our books. Uh, thank you, Grisham. Yeah. And, and so... So the thing is this, that yes, I fight for those two things with all my heart, and that probably is the only promise that I will make, is that I promise to do everything possible to end abortion in our state, because it is the black stain on our state when 5,000 children lose their lives to abortion every year senselessly. You know what? That needs to end. It is, it is, uh, we're cursed, frankly. Is an abomination to God, and so it is near and dear to the heart of God. Therefore, it should be near and dear to our hearts. And so, I fight for life from conception to natural death. So, everything in between, from your jobs, your education, all the things that have devastated all of our lives, putting us in isolation—that's life. All of it affects our lives and our livelihood. And so, I'm fighting for every single area of life. Because it's important. You know, why did, why did kids also commit suicide? Because they couldn't be with their friends. They were isolated. That kind of, it, it, did a, it caused mental anguish for our kids. And, you know, Rebecca, you know, the, the thing is, is that New Mexico already is, we double the suicide teen rate of the nation. We already had that. All right. But we became number one in suicide in the nation when COVID came on board and she locked us down. Well, and not only that, but this this thing that they have done to the to the kids by locking them down, making them cover their faces, yes. and I mean how you how you relate to people, you look at their faces, you know, and they've they've probably destroyed their. You know, when you're a kid, sometimes you make lasting friendships that, yes. that last your entire life. Absolutely. I mean, I have I have a couple of friends that I have known since I was a teenager that I'm still friends with, and here I'm almost sixty, you know, <laughs> and it's like they're still they're still good friends with me, and I made those. friends when I was in school and so if you destroy the, that that chance that they have of forming connections mm -hmm. and forming bonds with people and also they learn skills on how to interact with others mm -hmm. we're depriving them of that we are I mean uh, facial expressions are really really important it's huge you can tell a lot you know about a person just by the way they're they're reacting responding through their facial expressions and our kids haven't had the opportunity to see that and it, it is damaging I've seen the impact even on my grandsons uh, their their behavior became worse, <laughs> became bad, because they were trying to cope. You know, they were trying to cope with not being able to connect on you know with their with their faces. You know, so the expressions. So it does. It impacts them.
greatly. And not to mention, you know, I think that it deprives them of oxygen to the brain necessary for them to learn. Well, that's a scientific fact. Yeah, there are is. those that have experimented with that. And in mm -hmm. fact, that is a scientific fact. Yeah, it is. And it, it increases the amount of carbon dioxide you breathe in. And, and not to mention, there, the tests have been on the, done on these masks, and they've got all kinds of germs in them. Mm -hmm. You know, you breathe stuff out, your body's trying to get rid of it. Right. And, and you get to trap it right there so you can breathe it back in. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Yeah, give it to the trees. They're the ones that like it. Yeah, they like it. <laughs> you want to save the environment? Dig off the mouth. Right. Despite what you might be told, <laughs> yeah. uh, carbon dioxide is actually pretty good for the environment. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, on the abortion thing, it's so funny. There were all these people that before all of this stuff happened in which people's personal liberty has been violated and they've been forced to cover their faces and they've been forced to stay home and they've been forced to not do take their not go to their job. Mm -hmm. um, and all this discrimination has been normalized. Mm -hmm. I mean, people now, if they refuse to go along with these mandates, then they are out, ousted from society. They're, they're second-class citizens. They are, yes. And, and so I remember how these pro-abortion people, I'm going to call them pro-abortion people, I'm not going to call them pro-choice because no. they're not for pro-choice. No. They used to go around saying all the time, my body, my choice. Well, I'm saying that right now too, and I've been cursed at by people for saying that, yeah. and it's like, no, you never really meant my body, my choice at all because you're silent now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it isn't about... Your body, your choice. In fact, that is not your body. That's another person's body that you're destroying. So abortion, you're, you're right. It is pro-abortion. And they call me uh, on the, in the paper, as they, we announced, they call me a pro-anti-abortion uh, activist. And I thought, yeah, okay, I'll take that. But you know what? I'm sure. more than that. I'm pro-life from conception to natural death. So, yeah. And you're right. You're right. They don't, they don't like it when you turn the tables on them and use no. their language and it's like you can't rationalize it. Right, right. So. And so when we were talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, if you don't have a job and you don't have money and you don't know from day to day whether or not you're going to be able to keep your water on, your electricity on, you don't know if you're going to be able to feed your family, how are you supposed to be able to pursue happiness if well, you can't do these things? That isn't liberty, Rebecca. No. I mean, there is economic uh, freedom there's spiritual freedom and and when you are economically oppressed and that's what happened to us is that is not freedom that's not liberty you cannot pursue the things that you want when you can barely think about how you're going to put food on the table you know you can't think of anything else except that and how are you going to provide for your children so it is it's an emotionally uh damaging process that happens to a person when they don't know. I, I, I happen to know. We actually were homeless once, believe it or not. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, we nearly lost everything. So I know what it's like. I know that mental turmoil that goes on when you're thinking, how are we going to pay for this house? How are we, we going to do this? We were at the door of foreclosure. Thank God he, he kept us from it. But, you know, thank God I have mom, well, I had mom, my mom pass. But uh, at the time, we moved in with her to be able just to make it. So I know what it's like to be in that place where all you can think of is, like, how can I feed my children? And so that's happened so much here. Now, unfortunately, you know, now we have a lot of work, but... You know, um, you know. this morning I was reading about quarters and how they have chosen to close their doors 52 years. It makes me so sad, Rebecca, because uh, the numbers are higher than 40%. Actually, it's gone higher than that, and it'll continue to go higher because 
you know, they've been in business 52 years providing jobs for this community, but they were not able to survive. Not necessarily, part of it was the lockdowns, but the other part was because they continued to give money to people to stay home. And so they continued to cripple the economy by pouring more and more money into people's pockets to do nothing, creating a really uh, crippling, what it does is it makes people lazy. It continues to make them dependent on the government, which is their thought, and that is to control people by giving them money. Well, I hate to tell them that's going to end in short order here. So. Well, yeah, you, you, get, you condition people is what you do. You condition them to where they get used to sitting around the house. They get used to watching the latest series on Netflix and mm-hmm. doing nothing. And they get out of shape. They get lazy. I know there for a while last year, I wasn't as active as I normally mm-hmm. was. And there was a project I was working on where I was building a garage. Mm-hmm. And I walked up this little hill and I felt like spaghetti. And it's like, oh my <laughs> God, I'm out of breath. I can't eat. It's like, and I've always been somebody that's been in good shape yeah. and I'm very, very active. I do a lot of outdoors kind of stuff. And it's like, wow, this is really affecting me in a major way. And I've actually, during the course of that, I always stayed at least moderately active. A lot of people weren't active at all. Uh-huh. They were just sitting. I can just imagine how how their body is broken down on them. Mm-hmm. And, and they were encouraging people to do all these things that weren't healthy. Like, number one, it's not healthy to cover your face with a mask. Right. It's not mm-hmm. healthy to stay indoors out of the sunlight. Right. It's not healthy to not have contact with the everyday germs and bacteria mm-hmm. that exist in the environment. These things are things that keep your immune system strong. Right. So all of these things that they're, they were making people do and, and scaring them and, and, and scaring them into complying and not to mention the social conditioning. Uh, there's people out there that just buy just automatically they just put their mask yeah, on without even thinking about it. It doesn't matter that there's no scientific evidence out there whatsoever that mm-hmm. it does anything good for you at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. People have been conditioned to do this and people have been conditioned not to work. And and the side effect of not working and all of this government money that's being printed up and given away to people is they've been devaluing the dollar. And yeah. we're starting to see that now. We're starting to see inflation, yes. 7.5%. This is terrifying what's happening and it's mm-hmm. going to get worse. Yes, it is going to get worse. Yeah. It's going to get worse, so absolutely. So, um, oh, another thing, too, is the hospitals mm. being closed down. During, I remember during the height of this so-called pandemic, I, I just referred, I just refused to acknowledge it as a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's kind of hard to justify when you, if you look at the numbers over the past several years for the total deaths in the country from all types of diseases mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and whatever else that happened, you notice that during the height of the, the, the year, during the height of the pandemic, last year supposedly, mm-hmm. there was no increase. No. And there surprisingly was no mention of any cases of the flu going around. You're right. So did people it stop? The flu. Yeah, it, it cured, cured the, the flu. flu. Yeah. It, matter of fact, right. As a matter of fact, COVID cured everything. Yeah. It cured deaths from from car accidents. It cured deaths from everything. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody died from the Rona. Right, right. Exactly. Nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. So so if you look at these things, it should be obvious to people if you're paying attention that we've been lied to. We have been lied to in a big way, in a big way. And it is, uh, I've spoken with nurses uh, many of them, and they're, uh, one of them told me he was going to start whistleblowing because of 
all the things that he had seen personally. I've spoke, spoken with several of them, and uh, so I'm I'm kind of have some intimate relationship with this this uh, disease, I guess, mm-hmm. because we got it. Okay. We got the we got it in October, and um, so and we got pretty sick, my husband and I, and it coincidentally on the same day we just crashed in bed, could not even get up for two three days. Finally, we thought, okay, maybe we should get a test and just to see. We had really high fevers. You know, we were just, it was pretty miserable. But do you know that they gave us absolutely nothing? No care, no nothing. And for our age range, they should have at least suggested monoclonal antibodies. They gave us nothing. I even say that they didn't even give us a cold cup of water except for the fact that my husband asked for one because we were so thirsty and dehydrated that we were, you know, just barely hanging on at the emergency room. They didn't give us anything. They made us go find out what our test results were online. And and that was that. And then as we were, we stayed there, we were like going on two weeks already. My husband started to have some some trouble. He was His oxygen levels were starting to dip. So we went online and we thought we better maybe call frontline doctors and that. They're well, great. Right. Like and so we didn't, we actually got a, somebody else what, that was not them, that was not as good. And the lady says to us, and, and let me just go back a little bit. I had both of my daughters, one in Texas and one here, and they were listening to this whole conversation and the, nurse, the doctor says, well, your only recourse is to go to the hospital. And I thought, in a pig's eye (laughs) we are not i says i'll take him there he'll die so i said no thank you we are not i said i refuse to take him to the hospital and so they refunded our our fee right because we were not going to take their advice so so what we did was uh i had to package my husband up take him to uh texas to where my daughter lives and so we went there uh i went the next morning after this visit because i could not have made it i was too sick and a nine-hour trip took us 11 hours to make. So, because that's how bad we were. And so we went over to a strip mall urgent care center. Within one hour, we were treated. Do you know that they gave me a Z-Pack, $2.69. My husband got another antibiotic, a little over $4, less than $10, Becca. They potentially saved our lives because we know the progression of what happened here. You just get worse and worse, and you just then right. you know, they take right. you in, and then you die, right? Well, that's usually what happens when you catch something, even if it's something that, even if you just have an allergy problem, mm-hmm. right. and, and you do nothing to treat it, and you let the symptoms continue. This happened to me many, many years ago when I lived in Florida, mm-hmm. and I discovered that I was allergic to palmetto trees. Mm. It was something new that I'd never been around because I grew up in Ohio. And I got really a really awful, when it was in the, the pollen season for mm-hmm. the palmetto trees, I had a really bad allergic reaction to them. And I just let it go and go thinking like, oh, well, it'll just go better. And I was taking cold medicine. But it didn't. It just kept getting yes. worse and worse and worse until finally I was really deathly ill. And I went to my doctor and he says, you should have done something about this sooner. Mm, he said, yeah. because you're on the verge of having pneumonia. You could wow. have died from this. Yeah. And so what they, what they've been doing with this whole Rona scandemic is they've been taking something that is completely treatable. We know that now. And they've been denying treatment to people so that they get worse and then they end up in the hospital and then they give them remdesivir and then they put them on the vent and kill them. And that's it. That's it. So when we got back, because I was so furious about what had taken place, I thought for less than $10, they saved our lives. All right. So I came in and I asked a doctor here that I know and a very reputable man, and I said, what is the protocol for for this virus here in New Mexico? He says, there is none. I said, you have got to be kidding me. And he said, no, there is no protocol for this state, for, for corona. And that's ex- the protocol is just what you said. 
They bring them in. One, one nurse told me that they're fine breathing room temperature air. They're fine. The next thing you know, they give them remdesivir. Their kidneys begin to fail, and then they put them on ventilator, dialysis. They're dead. And that's just what I'm just even just basically quoting what he told me. But I have had friends that that is exactly the way it has progressed. Oh, I've heard that myself. So, I know so, that's true. Yes. And so, so the thing is, is that there is no protocol in our state. We need to have had, what I would have done is I would have seen to it that everybody walked out with a handful of everything that they needed. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, everything, you know, whatever, uh, if they needed a Z-Pax, any kind of antibiotic that they needed so that they could get better really fast. Right. You know, the monoclonal antibodies, like I said, that should have been offered to us first. It wasn't. It wasn't. And now I have a friend who, she said that her dad, they were going to give him monoclonal antibodies, but supposedly they ran out. And so what they did is they told him, oh, well, we have another treatment for you. It's remdesivir. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, no. <laughs> she, she blew a gasket. As soon as, they actually gave him one round. She went and had him detoxed, and he's fine, thank God. But, yeah, that you know, that protocol here is absent, and it needs to be where people have everything that they need. So health-wise, you know. I, I love what Governor uh, Christy Nome did. You know, she, she kept everybody informed every step of the way. And their numbers, they never shut down, ever. And their numbers are, you know, uh, they kind of have the same, not, not population or anything, but nothing, they're no, they're no worse than we are, and they never shut down. And relatively, we have the same kind of right. uh, state. And so why didn't they let us just choose our own? We'd had more people saved. I have lots of friends that died. In fact, my assistant's friend died yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it's just really sad, you know. Um, but, yeah. But because it, it was totally treatable. And the vaccine hasn't helped. No. Mm -mm. As a matter of fact, there's plenty of evidence that oh, the yeah. vaccine is actually making people sick. Mm -hmm. Yes. So an interesting is issue that people care about is this corrupt governor we mm -hmm. have. And, and I have lots of endearing names for her, the tiny tyrant and things like that. Um, with this whole scandal, which I call Crotchgate, basically mm -hmm. keep a keep a bottle of water away from her if yeah. she's if she's around you, okay? Yeah. Um, so, from what I understand, she had a lawsuit go up against her mm -hmm. for this thing. I think it was it like a, a personal against her personally, right? Right. Okay. And then what she did was to pay for her legal defenses, she used campaign funds campaign to pay funds. for her legal defense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How is that not campaign a campaign finance violation? Or fraud or something. Or like fraud that. or yeah. something. I mean, misappropriation of funds. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I hear all the time about people being in trouble for misappropriating campaign funds. Uh -huh. I mean, wouldn't how can you justify that how could you and how could you even be somebody that supported her and know that she she used your money that you gave her for her campaign to settle a lawsuit that she was found in the wrong because she was sexually abusive to one of her staffers you know i just think that that's that's terrible for one that she would have done that to him humiliated him in that manner and then illegally i think it'd been illegal to use those campaign funds for that purpose so, I mean, if I, if I was her funders, if I was anybody that donated, I'd be furious. Yeah. I'd be furious that you use my money to fund your sexual uh, inappropriateness, your, your grotesqueness. That's, that's horrible. You know, you don't have the right to do that to people. No. No. No, she should have had to take that out of her own personal she money. She should have. It should have stung her just a tad. 
Or more than a tad. <laughs> so these mandates, these illegal, unconstitutional mm -hmm. mandates that have been imposed upon the New Mexican people for the past couple of years that have literally put people at e just put people at each other's throats and got people it's dividing us mm -hmm. it's it's like um what do you think it, about these mandates i mean i i personally think it's a violation of our personal liberty i believe so too and you know hipaa clearly state you can't ask somebody you know if anything about their medical records it, it, it's illegal that's what HIPAA's for right right, right. It's yeah that, I, that's what I always thought yes except now you have to show a passport uh, a vaccine passport someplace and then they mandated that you're you know vaccinated even to go into the cap capital well I refuse to get vaccinated you know especially Good for you, you. Just to go Me into too. the capital so the, the thing is is that they cannot according to HIPAA ask you that question even just asking you i know i was in uh, we were i worked for care pregnancy centers for five years we had to abide well actually we didn't but we did we abided by hipaa uh, standards we couldn't ask people anything about their history you no. know about their medical history so and and what the the intake that we would do we had to keep it private and they needed to know that that we would never divulge anything without their permission so how is it that they're getting away with causing us to violate a HIPAA, <laughs> HIPAA rule, all right? Right. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it's just all of it has been unconstitutional, violation of law after law after law. And it's just, tyran it's, it's tyrannical. It's tyrannical overreach. They, they have no right to do that. Well, and the governor has, like you mentioned, she has literally been forcing through intimidation and fear has been forcing companies to violate contracts, mm -hmm. to violate personal freedom, right. to violate HIPAA, which I, I've, I've done a lot of work on HIPAA myself because I'm a, I'm a private contractor on mm -hmm. some other work I do. And I've often had to be educated on HIPAA and what it is. And it's like your private medical records are private and nobody has the right to demand them mm -hmm. or try to take them or get them from you in any way. I Just the other day, one of the companies I do work for as a contractor sent me an email and they were saying that, well, we have customers that uh, will only let you on site if you are vaccinated. So mm -hmm. we're going to submit this qu questionnaire to you. And, and, and it said on it, basically it said, well, have you, you, yes, I have been vaccinated or no, I have not been vaccinated. And then the last choice is I choose not to answer the question. Well, that's the one I picked right. because I'm not going to tell you, tell you whether I have or not. I have not, yeah. but it's none of their business, of business to know one mm -hmm. way or the other. So mm -hmm. I choose not to answer that question. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just like people saying, well, who are you going to vote for? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard that a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. So it's all right, right? We have the right to privacy. In fact, with the whole uh, abortion bills, it was that was probably the thing that that was the biggest thing on Casey. Yeah, is that the right of privacy? Yeah, it's a, and that's the the big stinger, okay, about abortion. Right. So yeah, so we have the right to privacy. We or we're supposed to. We're right. supposed to. We're supposed to. Okay, but not uh, well. I guess it didn't work for COVID though, right? Yeah. I mean, the Constitution can stand unless there's COVID, right? Unless, yeah. Yeah, unless right. COVID. But co the Constitution you have personal freedom and liberty unless, unless there's you COVID. Have COVID. Right. right. 
Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. So, uh, Ethel, we're at the 30-minute mark, believe it or not. Oh, my gosh. So you want to take a little break, and you've got a song that you I wanted do. to play for everybody. I do. So we'll do that, and everybody will be back in a few minutes, okay? Okay.
song. That is really good. You you told me about that song when we were talking about you coming on here with me, and it's it's by Karen Lafferty, and it's called the New Mexico Song, and you can find it on YouTube. And anyway, you got a little story to talk about about this song, right? I, I do. Okay. It, it, you know, it was a God thing twice. Um, it was, you know, we were coming back from Carlsbad because we've been all over the <laughs> the state, and we we're coming back, and I was looking at the sky, and I was telling Lisa who was driving, I said. Gosh, I go, don't we live in such a beautiful state? Look at that sky. And all of a sudden, this song came to my mind. And I said, have you ever heard of the New Mexico song by Karen Laverty? No. I said, let's play it. So I played it for her. And immediately, I just burst into tears because it says, uh, it's a place I, I can't come home to. It's a place I'd rather not leave. And the reason I burst into tears is because my daughter left New Mexico last year because of the conditions of the state. And it just made me so sad that our state was in such a condition that our kids are leaving. And it just broke my heart. And then uh, as I you know, finished wiping the tears, I told her, you know, I, I've met Karen. I said, I wonder if Karen would, we should use this as a campaign song. I wonder if she'd let us use it. <laughs> and um, so I thought, you know, I'm gonna see if I can't get a hold of her. And I actually had her number not knowing that I did, but I was supposed to speak to a women's group in Santa Fe, like just like three days later. And so I'm standing there to speak and who's sitting in front of me? <laughs> Karen Lafferty. Wow. <laughs> so I told her this story and I said, oh my gosh, this cannot be coincidence. It's God ordained. So I told her and I asked her, she said, sure, she go ahead, right ahead. And then uh, when we were going to come on here to, to speak, she says, I told her, I'd love to even the first few stanzas to, to play. I said, can we do that? And you said, yes. And then she says, oh, you told me uh, we're going to have to get permission. I said, okay, let me see how I can figure that out. And uh, I go to another, I go to a prayer event last Thursday and who is there? Karen Lafferty. She gave me written permission. So all I can say is God is good. and It was meant to be. I, I think so. I, yeah. I think it's totally meant to yeah. be. And it's like, I, this may be the first time that her song has gotten some airtime on the radio. Oh, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited because it just really speaks of our state, how beautiful it is. And, you know, and it's our home. It's our home. And, you know, my daughter has told me, she goes, mom, just give it up. And I said, honey, she goes, you come to Texas. I said, God did not call me to Texas. He called me here to New Mexico. I'm going to fight for my state. So uh, for me, this song really means a lot because it's, it's the New Mexico song. It's about our state right. and how much we love it. Yeah. You know, before the break, we were talking about the liberty. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in this country, they have been made to believe that liberty is something that's given by government. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, what they've been trying really, really hard to do is they have been trying to turn all of this that's been going on into like a religion. Yes. I mean, they've been trying to make people believe that everything that's given to them is given to them by government. And that is just not the case. It's, it's given to us by God. And the Constitution if you read it and you understand it, it's very clear about liberty. It's, it's, it's given to us by God. Mm. And often I hear people nowadays, and even I hear this disappointingly from supposedly conservative news outlets, where they will say, this democracy we live in, we do not live in a democracy. Mm -hmm. People understand we do not live in a democracy. Right. We live in a representative republic. Now, let me explain what that is, is... A representative republic is for the purpose of making sure that all of us have a say-so say -so in the way our government is ran, right. even people that are in the minority. 
representative republics and, and, and the, elec the electoral college and all that is meant to protect minorities, not to discriminate against right, them. Right, right, absolutely. And, you know, our founding fathers, when they um, came to our country, what, what they fought really hard against the monarchs that were here because the, thing, the kings thought that they had the ultimate power over the people. And they said, we do not want that. We want for the people to be the ones that appoint the kings or the representatives that would serve them. And so you're absolutely right. It is this power has been given to the people. So our government is of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that's what our founding fathers sought to, to give us and to protect. Because it is not for kings to rule over us. It is for the people to determine their representatives. So you're right. It is a representative republic. We are the ones that decide. We are the bosses of those in office. The governor. Governor works for us, or she should. All the representatives, all the senators are the servants or should be. That's why they call them public servants. Right. Many times they forget that they are there to serve the people, not themselves. One thing that I believe is a positive thing that has happened over the past couple of years as a result of all of this nonsense that's been going on, this, this socialism that's been creeping in on mm -hmm. us, it's been creeping in on yes, us for a long time. And people just didn't notice it because they weren't really hurting from it very much. Right. It's like, oh, you just kind of overlook these little things. But the governor over the past couple of years has just been become an all-out tyrant. And what's worse is that the legislature, the courts, all of these people have just rolled over right. and rubber-stamped everything she does and have not done their job and represented, represented we the people and fought no. back against any of it. Right. No, they haven't. Until until this legislation. Until, yes. <laughs> yes. So, you know, the good thing about this movement that we've got started over the past couple of years, it started out as protests. It mm -hmm. started out as a freedom movement. And now a lot of us have gotten involved. Yeah. So the Republican Party, it's no longer your 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 dad's Republican Party anymore. Right. We've changed it. Right. We, we have gotten involved. Yes. And a lot of people that we know personally mm -hmm. are now in the Republican Party represent, including me. I'm a mm -hmm. delegate. I'm going mm -hmm. to Rio Doso this yes. coming weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it's going to be my first delegate convention I've ever been to. I am more involved in government than I've ever been in my entire life mm -hmm. because this just kind of woke something woke something up in me. And, yeah. it, and a lot of people it, are the same way. It, it has. It has. And, you know, one of the greatest examples is, and I know it's another country, but it's the truckers. You know, I constantly talk about them because they are representing people and freedom. And, you know, and the other thing that I see that they're showing people is this. Uh, you know, the reports of, of how they're going to be, Trudeau saying, well, there, there's all this going to be shortages of food and everything else. I'm thinking, well, what did you expect? You know what? These truckers, th my husband is a former trucker. My son-in-law is a trucker. My husband's sister is a trucker. So, I, you know, I know the life. And the thing is, truckers move uh, the country or they can bring it to a screeching halt. And what they do is they stop all food and everything from passing from passing in and out of these ports. Well, the thing is, is they're saying, well, we're going to be hungry. And I'm like, it's about stinking time right. that we're hungry. That's right. been the problem, Rebecca, is I've said that our problem is that we live in our nice big houses, drive our nice beautiful cars, our closets full of clothes we can't even wear. You know, we're so fat in our, in our country, in our state. Even the poorest person here is still very, very rich. Yet 
we're not willing to pay a price. And I keep telling people, it's about time. And I love what they're doing because they're telling people, you know what? It is about time that you get off your blessed assurance and go do something. And that's exactly what you're saying. So I've been involved in government, but you know what? This is like beautiful what I see is happening because even when I was serving as mayor of the village of Cuba it wasn't like this there wasn't this fire and and even even believe it or not even the churches are lighting up because I'm, I hate to say this but they were pretty much asleep just like the rest of us well and they're lighting up a lot of people in the churches still are asleep. yeah they are they yeah. are mm-hmm. well you know this past weekend we had a really great get-together, yeah. which was organized by the Freedom Movement, yes. by us in the Freedom Movement. And all of us worked together to put it together. We had a really, really great convoy going to the yes. Legacy Church. It was like miles and miles <laughs> long. We had like dozens and dozens of motorcycles, cars. It went on for miles yes. with flags and signs. And we all caravan to the Legacy Church, and we had this huge get-together of Bernalillo County mm-hmm. and it was packed it was and it, it was, was it was amazing usually I'm in that convoy but we had to get ready yeah. so we had to set up tables and so we had to be in there you know because of our, our campaign but yeah I'm usually in those convoy in those convoys and they are they're beautiful I remember one that started over in Cottonwood and when all I mean it was a 16 mile ride or something so yeah people are you know uh, people are beginning to be proud to be Americans again and it's about time it is it is about time it is and these truckers hmm. up in Canada, yes, I love these people. Me too. They are they are they are true patriots, yeah. and they're standing up, and they're and they're not they're not giving into the threats. And Tyrant Trudeau up mm-hmm. there, he is doing all kinds of things yeah. to these people. I I watched a video that somebody sent me on Facebook this morning, in which the police up there they're a disgrace yeah. in Canada. They really, they've literally turned into the Gestapo. Yeah, yeah. And and I watched this one guy, this one cop was having this argument with this one guy and the guy didn't touch him at all. Mm-hmm. And he's simply speaking his mind. The guy grabs him by the neck, shoves him up against the wall, and then four other cops come in and they start beating on the guy, oh beating on God. his head and just giving him a serious beat down. And all the guy did was he was just standing there talking. Wow. I know it's it's incredible. Did you see what Harold Representative Harold's going to do? She's going to introduce a bill that will provide asylum for these truckers. Nice. Temporary asylum. I just saw it yesterday or even this morning. It's so exciting So because you know what? It's like you're right. They're doing nothing wrong. They're, it's a peaceful protest. All they're doing is being parked. Yeah. But you know what? Their bank accounts are frozen. They're, they're seizing their property. Like I tell you, they are paying the price. Our founding fathers went to their graves penniless. We better understand that it's going to cost us something. And so these people are doing that for us. But you know what? The people are rising up. They're handing them. One of them said they're handing us 50s and 100s. And one man said that he, somebody handed him a Bible and inside was $500. Oh, Isn't wow. that great? <laughs> so, so you know what? People are, you know, of course, like, you know, we are just generous nation. And so, so they're not without, thank God. So everybody's coming, supporting them, and they're, they're not backing down. They're not backing down. Neither should we. No, we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. We can't back down. Yeah. And the People's Convoy is mm-hmm. what we're calling yes. the one in the United States is rolling out. Let's see. Today is Thursday. Uh-huh. So from what I understand, they're rolling out on the 23rd. So they're already in route. And tomorrow, Friday, mm-hmm. They're supposed to be rolling through New Mexico. Yes. And I'm actually going to create a PSA for the station that we're going to play, you know, during throughout the day. But I want to encourage everybody in New Mexico to get involved. 
I know there's a lot of people that are planning on gathering at the pedestrian bridge on I-40 at the Jerry Klein Park at yeah. 9 a.m. Louisiana. On Friday the 25th. Yeah. And so they're asking you bring your flags, bring your signs, bring your love, bring your cheers of yes. support. And you can park your cars at Windrock Center and Regal IMAX Theater. Apparently there's a lot of parking there. Theater hasn't been crazy busy. So you can park your cars there, and you can stand there up on that pedestrian bridge, and when the convoy goes through, you can just line that bridge with yeah. your signs and your flags. And I hope, if I wasn't going to Riodoso <laughs> this weekend, I would be just merging right on, right on into that convoy. So those of you that can just merge on into that convoy and escort them all the way through New Mexico and just make it huge, yeah. Do it. I know. I me too. We're going to Redoso, so I'm like, oh no. You know, hopefully my sister in law is in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope awesome. I hope some of our friends that are here in town are gonna do a lot of streaming videos yeah. and a lot of pictures because I want to see what's going on because yeah. it's gonna be really exciting. Yeah. yeah, me too. So we need to do this all over the country. And for those that are listening online in other states, do the same thing. Yes. Get your freedom groups together because mm -hmm. we got freedom groups all over the country yes. and we communicate with them all the time. Get together, do the same thing. If you can join the convoy, roll on in there and join them. Yeah. Make it as big as possible. Yeah. Be out there with your signs. If you can't, if you can't join the convoy, be along the road ready with signs and flags when yeah. they go through and absolutely. cheer them on and let them know that we love them. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Just join in. Yeah. So, was there anything in particular you wanted to cover? Before we get close to the end of the show, well, I, something you know, that's really important to you. I, the thing that's the most important to me, Rebecca, and you've heard me say this repeatedly. You know, we have a lot of issues in our state, and uh, but I, I refuse to believe that we are the worst of everything because that's all they ever say. We're the worst of the. I'm like, no, we have natural resources. We have the best people on you know on the face of this planet, and so I believe in New Mexico wholeheartedly. Yet these are the things is that I believe that the biggest issue that we have is not the schools, economy, education, all these other things that, that are constantly being thrown out. The biggest issue that we have is that we have turned our backs on God. That is the biggest issue. We, have, we allow the murder of children, senseless murder of unborn children. Now we kill, you know, with assisted suicide. And it's not just the elderly because anyone depressed. The other thing is this. We, our families are under attack our children are being spoon-fed lies. We do not abide by our Constitution, obviously. You know, we, it was destroyed here. And, and then we forgot. We forget our history and that this country was built on biblical principles. So, therefore, if we expect God's blessing, we need to quit spitting in his face. Because we could not continue to do such a thing and expect that he will bless us. Because he's not going to. He has told me, I, I, you know, I... I've spent some time in prayer, and the one word he gave is enough. It's time. It is time for this nation to get back to God if we expect his blessings. And in, and we've seen it in, in back in history that whenever economic freedom began, it was after a spiritual awakening. And, Rebecca, that's happening throughout the nation. I think you're right. It is. It is. And so I'm really excited about that. But we, you know what? We need to we need to get back on our knees, ask God for forgiveness, and then we need to get back to work and ask him to align our state. Because uh, you, we cannot take care of horizontally until we take care of a vertical, vertical position with God. When we do that, he'll take care of the rest. I, tot I totally agree. Yeah. One thing I have noticed over the past couple years is that I have began to pray a lot more than I used to before, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah. 
everybody should do this. I have found that every every day, at least once in the morning, I will I will say a prayer and I'll be thankful for every every little thing you've got because mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, there are so many things in this country that people take for granted. Even the poorest person yes. in this country has more than a lot of people in third world countries that are just living out on the street and don't even know where their next meal's coming from. Right. And you need to be thankful of all those little That's things. Right. It's like and I feel so blessed. I mean I've I've got so many things it's like I, I I'm you know, it's like I, I'm always thankful. I don't take any of it for granted uh-huh. because it could all be gone right. the next day. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Yeah. And and so I, you got to be thankful. Pray every day it's, and, and be thankful of the things for you have and say, hey, God, give me the direction. What do you want me to do today? Exactly. Show me the path. And he will. He will. And we need him desperately yes. right now. We're in a place in our nation and in our state. We need God. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. More than anything. More than anything else. So prayer works. It does. I, it does. <laughs> it, it totally works. Yeah. So let's see. What else did I, did I want to talk about? What do you, Ethel, what do you think about the Second Amendment? Well, the Second Amendment was put in place to protect the first. So the first is the right to gather, the right of free speech. And the Second Amendment, it isn't just for guns. It isn't just so that we can have fun with our guns or, or even to, to uh, kill our game or whatever it is, to, to fill our freezers and things like that. Uh, or even for sport. The the thing is this, is that the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, was there to protect us from tyrannical government that would take away our right to free speech and right to assemble, which they tried to do. Last year, they finally lifted an unconstitutional mandate to keep us out of our churches and, then, and our, our schools. But if they were trying to silence us. You see how much censorship has gone on the regular, you know, as, as President Trump called it, fake news. Right. That That's exactly what it was. You don't was. know what to believe anymore. Yeah, you don't. And so so the thing is, the mainstream media has done a really good job of, of censoring us and not letting us see what is really going on. That's what the Second Amendment was put in place for. Right. Yeah, it's put in place. It isn't for our enjoyment. And see, I love the Founding Fathers. They thought this out perfectly they put in place that we could speak freely that we could assemble that we could pray to our god and and that we could gather but we needed protection and countries will not invade the united states because they say behind every blade of grass there's a gun exactly. <laughs> or more two, than one or two or, or ten or, right? or three or a dozen or yeah yeah i yeah. i know yeah and and the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that the second amendment the first amendment the bill the whole bill of rights mm-hmm. uh, all of it the Constitution itself does not give you rights. No. Rights are endowed to you by God, right. and people need to understand that. Just because there isn't an amendment saying that, oh, you have the right to do that. No, rights aren't given by government. And and the thing that has been bugging me a lot lately, and I, I'm seeing others, st- and I understand why these government uh, governors in states like Texas and things like that are doing this, is they're coming out with these laws to enforce rights. Mm-hmm. And it's like, didn't everybody see how ridiculous that yeah, is? Yeah. It's like you already had this already right. The, right yeah. the government didn't give you this right. Yeah. The government didn't have uh, the right. But what they're doing is by doing this, they're try- they're giving people the idea that rights are given by government. And I find that to be mm-hmm. rather scary. It is. It is. It is scary. And, um, yeah, government is supposed to be there. The Constitution in fact, I, I'm just going to digress a little bit. The role of the governor is to protect you from government. 
that is the role of a, of a governmental official is to protect you from the government. So for the government to be doing that, it just makes them look like, oh, look what we've done for you. You know, the government, again, is protecting you. The government is giving you these rights when they're not given to us by anybody other than God. And so the role of government is to protect you from government. Our founding fathers knew that. In our Constitution, they state that, that these rules are there. They are there. Our Constitution is there to protect us from government. And we are to go so far as that if the government becomes abusive like it is now, it is not our just our right it is our duty to stand against it and to fight it to dismantle it if necessary right yes and you know talking about a duty is we were talking about churches mm -hmm. in this state and, and i would i would call i'm going to call out churches all over the country mm -hmm. i heard the other day something that i found to be incredibly disappointing i heard that only about 25 percent of christians vote you know it's what? like you're allowing these things to happen. Mm -hmm. As Christians, more than anything, you should be registered to vote 100%. Mm -hmm. You should all be registered because by standing by and doing nothing, mm -hmm. you are allowing evil things to happen. Right. You, you are voting for the other side. Not only that, Rebecca, it isn't that they're just not voting. They're not even registered. Right. That's criminal. I mean, we have a right, a duty. We have a privilege and a duty to vote. Therefore, get registered you know we have a team that will register you in a heartbeat it takes about two minutes right you know so so it doesn't take long to get that but you have a duty as christians it is our duty to vote so get registered you know it is not right that the, the ch church the largest voting block that there is is not registered that's just a crime so we do we do need to tell our pastors tell your people you know get registered to vote Study the issues, study the candidates, and see who lines up with biblical principles. Yeah, and this nonsense where they try to push this idea of that there's separation of church and state in the Constitution <laughs> is somebody that's obviously never read the Constitution. There is no separation no, of no. church and state. Okay, if you're running a church, in my opinion, it is your responsibility, your absolute duty as a pastor to share moral ideas and to encourage your followers to support moral candidates it is it is and because there's a lot of things so if it, it would be as simple as if a hundred percent of the christians actually registered and voted mm -hmm. we could win elections oh, we wouldn't have what's going on right now no it we would wouldn't. not it would not be going no on. this would be done mm -mm. i always say the, the church has a muscle that just isn't flexing because if it did it would have been game over long ago it would have never happened yeah. It would never have happened. And, and that separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. It was a line lifted out of a letter. And it was, and so they continue to use that. They say that it is for, it is that, that, the, that the government would never institute a church like the Church of England. Right. That would, you know, say you do this. And yeah. No, it is so that it protected the church, not the government. So, therefore, it is not in the Constitution. It is a line out of a letter that was written. Right. And in this, in this country, we have the right to freely practice religion as, as we see fit. Yes, absolutely. We, we have the right to either practice it, not practice mm -hmm. it, or practice any kind of religion you want. The government does not control what we do as far as practicing religion. That's all the Constitution guarantees. Right. It doesn't say that you can't talk about politics if you're in religion. That's right. It's all part of the same yeah, thing. it should. In fact... 
uh, the founding fathers were all pastors, most of them. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they talked about the issue of the day. But now uh, you talk about politics, and it's a dirty word. It really is talking about what is going on in our country today. You know, and people need to know that. Right. And so, yeah, it is not separation of church and state. It's like people need to know. So, Ethel, we're reaching the close to the end of our time. Isn't that like the fastest hour yeah, ever? Yeah, it does. It goes it by is. so fast. Yeah. So, um, one minute. Okay. Wrap it up. Uh, what, 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 what do you want to do if you were elected governor? Well, uh, the biggest thing is that I want to uh, restore righteousness. You know, that's going to take a, a job here. I want to end abortion in our state, definitely. You know, I have the ability. I was the mayor of the village of Cuba. I left them with $1.9 million in the bank. I le left economic development that is still there today in the community I served. I have the ability to get those things done. But the greatest thing that I see that we need to have that reawakening in our state. And somebody asked me how you can do it, and I said lead by example. And so I believe that that is the most important thing that we can do. The rest of it will take care of itself. Do I have the experience? You bet I do. In fact, I am the only one with executive branch experience. So, um, I, you know, I'd appreciate anybody that's listening that they would take that into consideration that I am qualified to get the job done, and I love God with all my heart, and all I can promise you is that I will do the very best job that I absolutely can. Great. Thank you, Ethel. Thank it's you. it's been fantastic having you on today. It's Thank been you. been fun, and I I hope a lot of people listen to this and get to know you better. That was the idea of bringing you on. I've been trying to bring anybody on that wants to come on, yes. and get them involved in a conversation so they can maybe get get to know people better than they normally would from just like a normal campaign yes. speech or something. Yeah. You know, it's it's Thank completely you so different. Much. So one thing, people, you have to remember is that it is up to you to educate yourself on who's running mm -hmm. for what offices get more involved do a little bit of research mm -hmm. and make sure that you know what the candidates are standing for mm -hmm. because it's it's up to you to choose the government that is ultimately going to represent you right. in this country and so get out and vote yes. and i know we're, we're going to be down in rio doso this yes. coming weekend mm -hmm. And uh, so I want to uh, say that, uh, do you own a fr freedom-friendly business? Advertise on this station and support this show and many others like it. Want to send me comments or suggestions? Email me at beccamarienm at gmail.com. Be sure to follow and like my Facebook page. Oh, my God, they're throttling me like you wouldn't believe. Follow it and like it. Blow it up. My Freedom Speak by Becca Marie Facebook page, as well as Rumble, YouTube, and Telegram. Freedom is essential. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. It's time to stand up and tell the Marxists and those that are helping to push their agenda, hell no, we won't comply. We are the resistance.